The following podcast is brought to you by the Ebb Tide Treatment Center. Many people wrestle with addiction. You don't have to. Reach out to the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, where they wish to empower each individual encountered with the support, hope, and tools required for long-term sobriety. Pride themselves on providing the best possible treatment experience for you and your loved ones based on unique needs. They're committed to breaking the stigma that plagues those suffering with addiction and their families by educating and bringing awareness to the community. The Ebb Tide Treatment Center provides individual and group therapy, multiple recovery pathways for support, evidence-based clinical support, integrated aftercare social reintegration, personalized treatment planning, program addressing whole life health and Vivitrol program all available. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, reach out to them at ebbtidetc.com or call 844-430-4357. And welcome once again to AIW's The Card is Going to Change. We have a very fun guest for you. But before we get to the show itself, a shout out, of course, to our sponsors. As always, we want to thank Smart Mark Video for helping us make this possible and for doing the video work on every single one of our AIW shows. Head to smartmarkvideo.com, download our shows, buy DVDs, support the folks that support us. Also, we want to thank Angelo's Pizza for always providing us pizza at live events and always feeding us here as we record the podcast. Check out Angelo's Pizza on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. It's award-winning pizza, not to mention all their other great pasta dishes and wings, pretty much anything you can imagine. Biggins is eating taco pizza right now. Taco pizza? I didn't know what this was. Yeah. I'm not touching that. Even got them on the fried mushrooms. Yeah, fried mushrooms for Buddy. That's right. And, of course, we want to thank... Jack Prince, who takes care of all of our graphic design, uh, banners, signage, really any sort of logo and printing needs. I got a promo code. You do? I do. Let him have it, John. Absolute CLE1. And you'll save up to $75 off of your order. Wow. How about that? So there it is. Once again, Absolute CLE1. You can save $75 off of your order from Jack Prince. Make sure you check out everything they offer at jackprince.com. It's jakprince.com. Shout out to our uh, new representative, Nadia. She's hooking us up with new promo codes all the time. Hooking up everybody with those promo codes. It's almost like the shit's free. Almost. Almost. And they will be making us our booth look fresh at WrestleCon coming, coming up in March. And if you want anything brought down to WrestleCon uh, that can cross state lines, that is, let me know and I'll bring it down and we'll sell it to you. Sounds like you're you were implying some illicit yeah, substances yeah, that were involved. Was, I know DVDs, posters, programs. Well, Jack Prince isn't completely for free, but they, along with our other two sponsors, Smartmark Video and Angelo's Pizza, help us bring this show to you for free. My name's Steve Guy, always the moderator here. Uh, on the card is going to change. Of course, joined by the voices you've already heard, owners number one and number two of AIW, John Thorne and Chandler Biggins. On this week's episode, though, we have a very special guest. He is one half of the AIW Tag Team Champions. We welcome Gringo Loco to the show. He's back from the dead. 
He is back from the dead. We're not even going to waste any time. We're just going to get into this. Uh, you finally have come back after months off. Tell us about. I mean, tell us, tell us, tell us what happened because there's yeah. a lot of there's there's a lot of rumor and innuendo. What happened when? About what you know? What happened to you a, a couple months ago? You know, you, you were in jail. You had this crazy 24 hours. Uh, let's just you know, let's just get into you know what happened, what led to the the time off. And how many lives do you have left? I want to know <laughs> the answer. Uh, I think hopefully I have a little, maybe about seven. Uh, I just want to say I'm just happy to physically still be here, guys, and thank you for having me on the podcast. Oh, no problem. You know, this is, before all this happened, you were somebody that we wanted to get on, which, you know, we'll we'll eventually get to, you know, later in the episode, your history wrestling in Mexico and things like that. But, I mean, this situation, you know, this is uh, your first night back in AIW. You know, we're taping this here, you know, in the locker room. And this is your first, like, on the air, because you were actually like a... The studio audience for our DJZ episode. I but, was. I was in the house for DJZ's uh, appearance. But I mean, I feel like you know, what happened to you is such an insane, <laughs> crazy story. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that I feel like only happens in wrestling. Uh, so let's just get into it. what what happened and what caused you to to have to take all this time off. It was a wild forty-eight hours. Let me tell you, um, I had to drive to Cleveland. On my own, which is, you know, not something that I do every day, okay? And when I tell you at the end of this show that uh, all four walls were closing in on me, I didn't know what to do. This was before I got arrested, okay? I had a problem getting into the hotel. No big deal. They were giving which, me... Which you have a habit of in Cleveland. It's, they just do not like me <laughs> There was all. one time where you and Shima <laughs> called at 3 a.m. and uh, had to, I had to call Norway to try to get you a hotel in America. Well, that's because we booked through these weird fucking websites. <laughs> hey, any way to get a bargain. <laughs> hey, man. Any way to save a buck in this business. Absolutely. And I agree with you, what you guys do, but uh, where do we start? Do we start at the after party? Yeah, let's, I mean, let's get into the after party. I mean, right. I think that's, I think that's what really leads to, I mean, I can't really describe it any other way to like the downward spiral that your <laughs> life became. There's no other way to describe it. I mean, uh, so we're having an amazing time, maybe having a little too much alcohol, which is the norm. Steve Payton says it's so much cheaper in Ohio than California. Oh, yeah, we saw how he ended up. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so I, I call it a night, thinking it's going to be a you know a fine night. Get up, go to Chicago, got a show that I have to get to by 5.30, and uh, walk out and proceed to pee on the street, right now, outside of my car. Now, meanwhile, you pass three bathrooms pass to get to your car. Three. You pass three, three. bathrooms. Three There's bathrooms. There's one upstairs and a couple downstairs, I believe, right? If and I one right by the front door. Right, right by, by the, right front, by the door. front door. So I see the cop coming up behind me. I'm like, well, this is going to suck because I'm clearly not going to get out of this, right? Mind you, I'm parked completely illegally as well. So I'm in a tow zone, and I know that's going to be an issue too. So he comes up, he's like, hey, man, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, nothing, man. What's up? <laughs> I'm just hammered, okay? I'm like, this is going to be a DUI in Cleveland. This is not going to end well. I said, hey, man, listen, bro, listen. I have already ordered the Uber, so I'm going to close my door, and we're going to call it a night, right, officer? He's like, yeah, right after I write you this ticket. I'm like, oh, okay, great. It's not for DUI, is it? He says, uh, no, no, it's not going to be for DUI, but uh, it is going to be for disorderly conduct or whatever it is, indecent exposure, something like that, something minor. I said, it's not going to be... It's not going to be a big fine, is he? He's like, no, 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 you'll be fine. No big deal. We'll get back to that later, and I'll tell you how much it was. Um, so I get a little belligerent with the guy. You do have a history when you're a little intoxicated, uh, mouthing off a little bit. Uh, 
you know, going back to that Norway hotel situation. Yeah, that, no, the woman in Norway goes, please tell your friend to calm down. So right about the time you're you're getting a little belligerent and angry with the with the officers of the law, that's when I come out. You and did I try, come out. I, yes, I try. I try. Well, I try to sweet talk them with my legal connections. Well, can we tell and, everybody who alerted us to this fact? The biggest cop himself, Super Cop Dick Justice, goes, "Oh my God, Gringo Loco's getting arrested." <laughs> I mean, that's because he saw the boys in blue out there <laughs> with the lights, with the belligerent. He thought, he th- he thought Loco. they needed help. Yeah, the backup. So I go out there. They're not having what I'm trying to sell them, and. I see Gringo Loco get put in the back of the car, and off he goes. Yeah, the fact that they didn't accept your uh, your offer to get me out with whatever connections you had downtown, that's where my uh, my those anger con- went up a little those, bit. Those connections get me out of trouble all the time. <laughs> so anyway, I'm in the back of this car. I'm getting madder and madder. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen because I don't have my keys. My keys are in my car. I don't have you any. You have your phone. Well, I didn't have my phone, so it's like, what am I going to do? I don't have a charger. I don't. I don't know what. The, and I'm parked illegally, so who knows if I'm going to have a car on the. And all I, your belongings are in the car. Yeah. So it's like I'm in a pretty bad situation. I have nobody's phone number at all. So here come the walls closing in. What do I do? I start freaking out. I'm like, officer, man. Hey, listen, man. You got to lend me your phone, bro, before I go into the cell. You have to. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know. Am I going to rot in here? What's I mean, am I going to die in here? What am I going to do? So he's like, all right, man, hurry up. Before my supervisor sees me, take the phone, do whatever you need to do. So I uh, face message uh, John Thorne. I mean, who else am I going to call? I'm like, Thorne, you got to get me out of here, man. I'm in jail. What am I, I going to do? And, and no and, answer. No answer. I see the little check mark <laughs> that, it, that it was received and no answer. And I'm like, what if he never answers? I mean, you know, I, after I, I, saw, I saw you get hauled off, I figured there was nothing I could do. I went back into the party and I wound up getting myself in a... A few situations, and I passed out somewhere. But I saw, I saw him in the morning, and I came right. and got you. Uh, you did come and get me, and you were a godsend at that point. Um, I mean, I got to sleep too, man. <laughs> I saw your messages when I woke up at noon. Yes, uh, we thanks. figured. I mean, honestly, we figured you, you were going to have trouble getting in your hotel room anyway. The police were nice enough to give you a warm bed to sleep in for the night. A warm bed, yeah. It's uh, cell bed, from. three hots and a cot. We yeah, figured. with with Julio Alvarez, who was uh, for Grand Theft Auto, is uh, telling me how he. We was figured if you have to deal with Steve Payne, you could deal with that guy. <laughs> it's kind of the same personality, actually. But uh, so you know, we 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 get you out. Uh, we we go to Bob Evans, and you go. You, we have a nice breakfast, and you we had do. a... Well, this wee we stuff do. is more like Thorne. I was still asleep, I think. Right. Yeah. Well, there's multiple... Like, yeah, I was definitely at Bob There's Evans. multiple people there. You were sleeping. I was up. I was bailing people out of jail. To say that I was happy to see Thorne that morning is an understatement. Me, Steve, I, <laughs> me, Steve Guy, Britt Baker, there's a whole crew of people at Bob oh, Evans. Oh, yeah. It's like P.B. Smoon. P.B. Smoon. I mean, was it was a whole... Fucking Biggins is sleeping. You missed the whole thing, Biggins. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Green. Tom Green. Oh, I thought Tom Green. I was like the guy with one nut, the bum is on my chair. We had a celebrity. So off you go into the distance, you know, onto your show to Chicago. Yeah, everything's not exactly fine. I was arrested and had to spend the night with Julio, but uh, I'm, I'm thinking everything's fine. You know, I'm a little tired, a little hungover, whatever. I have to do the show. I have to be there by 530. I'm gunning it, doing 95, trying to get back. I finally get back. I'm booked against this against this guy. I do not want to work. He is a known, very bad wrestler, and uh, before, I'm just not happy about before it. Before you get to the bad news, there was a bright side to all this because I had to, I did have to help him find his phone that next day, yeah. and then help him get to his car. It was a whole thing, which thankfully yeah. was not towed. It wasn't despite towed, being in an illegal parking zone, very illegal. And it was there, and it we was, found the phone, and we finally got it charged, and my life yeah. slowly started so coming back we together. Thought, we thought things were looking up. Things were looking <laughs> up. Oh, it was great. <laughs> Everything came a back. True, a, a true comeback story, That's if you right. 
So I'm on cloud nine. I make the I make the show on time. I'm working this guy. I get through the match. Everything's fine. I'm watching the main event. I'm like, you know, I don't know, man. Maybe I'll just uh, I'll duck out early. I'll get my pay and I'll go home. Right. Well, that didn't happen. I'm walking up the stairs to the entranceway. Story goes, I fall flat on my face, chip a tooth, and I'm unconscious. Uh, from what I've heard, I looked like a fish out of water. I'm trying to gasp for air, I turn blue. They give me CPR, and no heartbeat for seven minutes. Gringo Loco is dead for seven minutes. Legally um, dead for seven legally minutes. Legally dead. So the story goes that, uh, I, mind you, I don't recollect any of this. Um, they come in. I, I mean, I guess they were down the street, thank God. Uh, they come in. They do the defibrillator. They shock me once, nothing. Shock me twice. The second time I come back. Um, and That's I fucking intense. I um, so weeks later. Let me just tell you this real quick. I had this memory of me being restrained somewhere, and something was covering my face. But I was completely out of it, thinking I had gotten kidnapped. This is a legit thought that I had because the lady was like, "Stop resisting!" And I had something in my throat. It was a whole thing, right? And so, you watched a lot of Taken movies. Like yeah, me. that's right. I, all three I've loved. I didn't know what happened. I didn't know if like I was so over the Mexican guys wanted to like have me, you know, kidnapped. I don't know. You know Taken, what I mean? Taken, one of the best trilogies in all of movies, by the way. Right. Um, so I didn't know what was going on, but it ended up being a true story. I was being very. Uh, belligerent because I didn't know what was going on. I was trying to escape the ambulance. <laughs> oh. uh, so I found that out later that it wasn't a, a dream. It was it actually it happened. Could have been a werewolf. Like yeah. Biggins? We don't talk about this. <laughs> so anyway, uh, next on the story is I wake up. People are crying. Doctors are around me. I'm in and out of consciousness. And apparently when I finally come to and I realize what happened, doctor said uh, when they arrived, my heart stopped for seven minutes and uh, that I was clinically dead for that so amount of time. So it's the first time that you remember anything in the hospital? Or? Yeah. after Yeah. I mean, I remember watching the main event and then out. And then I'm in a hospital bed. Uh, everybody's crying around me. I got a million So messages. it was like hours later or like yeah. right away at it the was hospital? The, it was the next day. Yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah, you were probably like in a coma or something. Something. So I'm just it was glad like it was officially an, a heart attack. Is that absolutely what it was a cardiac arrest? Heart heart attack. Yeah. Now I had read something. I know Melanie Cruz and a couple other people that were at the show. They had wrote something about a luchador dying and he had no ID, nothing on him. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, you know, this is awful. Yeah. Then I find out the next day that it was you, and I go, holy shit! Like, yeah. that was it really thing. hit home at that point. That was another thing because my wallet was in the car at the show in Chicago, and uh, nobody knew my real name at the show. Not even the promoter. They all has me have me as Gringo in their phone. So like the ambulance people are like, do you have his name? Do you know where we can find out where he lives? Do yeah, we have anybody for that Gringo Loco in the phone book? Uh, lo and behold, the only person that saves the day once again is DJ Z. And they hit up DJ Z. Hey, do you know who he lives with? Where he lives? What the deal is? And he got them the information. And uh, they found me somehow, and they alerted That's nuts. people. Yeah, so he had a part of uh, saving Ringo Logo. In a I don't. Way. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the mood right now. But I just want to say that I got eyes on Laredo Kid right now, <laughs> and I'm, watch, I'm watching him. Watching him plot his escape. He's leaving right now. <laughs> there, there, there he goes. There's the wonder right there. There He's he gone. goes. Oh. There he goes. Got to charge the phone first and then wander. He's plugging his phone in. And he just <laughs> he he just walked by a Jesus statue, and out the door he goes. <laughs> yep. Look, gone. I love is that guy. Little Caesar's aware that he's coming. He, should we call ahead? <laughs> he's the best. Disappeared. There he goes. Gone. All right. So, uh, wow. Yeah. I it was a wild ride. Seriously, I'm just, I'm just really happy to be here, guys. I appreciate you having me again. And, uh, you know, the support that I got specifically from the Cleveland area fans and, and friends and just everybody has been overwhelming. I woke up and I was just like, wow, people actually do care. So what was, I mean... What was kind of your recovery time? How long were you even in the hospital after something like uh, that? A total you- of six days. And uh, oh, this 
Got to definitely throw this in here. So uh, it was kind of a primarily Hispanic uh, hospital because it's in Berwyn, Illinois, where it's predominantly Hispanic. And <laughs> I was still myself, but completely out of it. So they make you do laps <laughs> and walk around just because you're not in the bed. So right. me being me, I left the robe open in the back so that my... Uh, I, I, somebody <laughs> posted that on Facebook. <laughs> But I was still myself, which was great. So I still had my personality. So all the nurses was like, oh, my God, his butt is out. And it was funny for them. Totally so. off topic. Yeah. Uh, Berwyn, Illinois, home of Ronnie Lotz's Cigars and Stripes. Oh, yes. We know that place very well, <laughs> don't we? What a place. Shout out to Dave Brazek, his favorite spot. <laughs> and Robles. So you it's been, what, two, three months since then? This was, what, November? November right? 28th, I believe. Yeah, it was right after... Um, Thanksgiving. So did the doctor say what brought this on? Was it like a freak accident? Right. Um, I mean, I was kind of... So they're still scratching their head. I'm supposed to find out in March exactly what happened, but uh, they don't have a specific answer. I told him my lifestyle, and he said that it could have had something to do with it, but they don't know. But there's no, uh, like, defect or anything, and... And they don't think that you know everything came back clean. I mean, I went well, I good. went into some of these hospital rooms with big heart machines, and it was kind of a scary situation. And I, they really didn't know until they knew after six days that like the heart had a normal rhythm, and it was a lot of testing. But you know, no blood clots, nothing. Everything's fine. That's why I decided to come. Now the the big story that everybody was posting like in the days afterwards was that to stay awake, you were pounding energy drinks <laughs> in pre workout. Like, did that have any effect? Or? You mean before it happened? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I was kind of known. To kind of overdo that type of uh, thing, supplements. Do you think you, just, I, you think it just pushed too too hard one day? Maybe. I mean, it's a possibility, but he didn't. Just like stacking everything. I wouldn't stack that. I, I mean, it wouldn't be stacking. It would just be one right oh, after the yeah, other, yeah. right after the other, just to kind of stay awake and just do everything that I need to do in my life, you know. But that you lifestyle be, has drastically alert, changed. Man. Yeah, and especially with how much traveling wrestlers do, right? And how much energy drinks are consumed by wrestlers, right, of course. Like you think there would be more issues? Yeah, apparently uh, I had the mo- the most major issue of them all, so I, I cut that out completely. So, well, we are glad that you're back, but this is not the first time that uh, Gringo Loco has had an issue at AIW. It was your introduction, really, to AIW was uh, another special moment for you that we we feared for your health. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like, do you remember the moment? In I the do. Moment? Do you remember the rest of the match? Actually? I do. I if, do. If anybody, if you've watched the AIW, this was what? This was uh, what show? Do you Girls remember? Night Out. Girls Night Out. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the debate, the, the debut match. Right. The debut. This, is, this is when you lost your first life, I feel. Yeah, that's <sighs> right. This was life number one gone. Bad omen coming to Cleveland, but we're happy. We're always happy to have you. And I will continue to return, man. So <laughs> you're in the match. DJZ brings you in. He is selling you guys. Right? I mean, big in the door. You I guys mean, could talk to you. Like, what did you guys you know, know DJ, about him coming in? Uh, we knew nothing. DJZ had just said, he's always been a guy that's like, you need to book this guy. You need to book this guy. I mean, that's how we wound up, you know, booking Tyler Black. was and fucking Manny. Yeah, okay, Manny. But somebody bought his debt, so I can't be that mad at Manny anymore. Can't be that mad at, uh, uh, what's his name, Callisto? Yeah, Callisto. Can't be that mad at somebody's purchased his debt, so his, his debt's clean still, with us. I still got bitter feelings towards Manny. Surprise, surprise. But uh, he's always been a guy, and he's like, you got to check these guys out. You got to check these guys out. And, um, you know, there's a whole crew of them, and, it, you know, it turns out that Gringo was the only one that, you know, really sees the opportunity. But... At the, yeah, s- the other ones apparently do not want to travel in a car. Yeah, they, they were, just want to go down to the flea market. Yeah, or you know, they just want they just want to wrestle it locally. Uh, but you know, we put you guys on on a girls' night out show because that was really the only thing that we had spa- space on to 
to do something like this to you know just to bring in virtually all these all these unknown guys and uh you know uh, so you guys come in and you know you guys are doing great and then all of a sudden gringo loco i honestly i feel like it was a blessing in disguise because i feel like that moment where you almost die really made you in cleveland because you come back to life within minutes <laughs> we all thought you were dead literally uh i knew coming in the hype that DJZ had made for us and I knew the opportunity that it was and I was not going to take it for granted so we wanted to go as hard as we could uh, and I knew going in passing through those curtains for the first time I was like you cannot fuck this up so don't do not do anything out of the ordinary and lo and behold lights yeah. out walk us through what was the move supposed to be it was supposed to be a step on the second rope flip sent on onto uh, Bandolero and DJZ I've done it a million times yeah just not in not Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, what did it turn out to be? Uh, it, turned, it turned out to be lights out for about a good 30 seconds. I think you hit the second rope. I did. Well, it slipped off. And then, and then the rest hit. of the body hit the top rope, which right. then, then forced over. my neck into the, into apron, the apron. And somehow never left the ring. I still watched that no, video. You stayed in the ring the entire time. I don't know how that's even possible. But thank God for all the lucha practices and the lucha, you know, the neck workouts that we've done over the years. I think that might have had something to do with me being okay. Well, speaking of <coughs> speaking of that, you know, let's let, let's kind of you know backtrack before you know yeah. you come to AIW and you 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 locate yourself in Chicago and you know you work the local Chicago independents and meet DJZ and things like that. You went to Mexico and you wrestled extensively in Mexico, and oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't know you, you know your history so let's kind of dive into that how did you find yourself in mexico you know what led you down that road and uh you know let's you know just just tell your you know tell your story you know we got yeah. we got some time uh, the legend of gringo Loco. <laughs> yeah i mean people you know yeah. th these are the things people don't know you know yeah mexico city and guadalajara was a very fun time in my life um how did i find myself in mexico i just Bought the ticket and went and never came back. That's like, the story. Like, had you been trained previously? I had yeah. been, yeah. So okay. I started primarily in Lucha Libre uh, before anything American even came into my life. I was fascinated by the style, fascinated by the right side of things. Um, and I just like the acrobatics of it, man. And I'm like, uh, it, I mean, all the promoters. Do you think like, the WCW Luchadors had something to do with that? I would that? say so. Absolutely. I mean, seeing those guys work, talk about inspiration, you know? Yeah, because you don't hear a lot of like you know, white dudes from Chicago that are just like, <laughs> I want to be a luchador. I don't want to be a wrestler. And I used to have braids, so you throw that into the mix and it's a whole look. Now, but, did uh, you train at like, you know, like, because I know that there's a large Hispanic population in the Chicago area. Did you find, you know, a luchador there to train you? Oh, initially? yeah. I mean, that's where I started. There was a couple gyms and, you know, you would just float from each one. But uh, those were the guys that really gave me the inspiration to even go down there. Like, dude, we think you're kind of good enough to go down if you want to try. I was still in high school, so I had to do that first and graduate. And, um, and I just I told mom I'm like hey uh, I got my money for my ticket I'm leaving I'll see you when I see you I had I no could reason. go to college but I'm going to Mexico <laughs> right yeah, to, going to Mexico City to, to follow a dream well he clearly got better advice than John young John Thorne did at 15 or 16 I got a rub and tug at you know 15 <laughs> Jesus but. oh well but yeah let's so you, you go, to Mexico. go to Mexico yeah um, and I start with the biggest company that's down there I got thrown in uh, there was a guy called Tarzan Boy. Uh, and he's kind of a big deal, and he's like, hey, now, man. Now what company is this? CMLL. CMLL. Yeah, right. I mean, the top deal, Rena Mexico, like, this, we're, we're here, and I did you, couldn't you believe it. You've been around for, like, 90 years at this point. Couldn't believe it. I'm in their gym working out with the top stars, did, and it, it now, makes did no you, sense. Now, did you have to try out for them, or did somebody kind of 
set you up or did you just kind of show up? I just kind of showed up with him, obviously, and that was my way in. And I'm training with like Ultimo Guerrero and uh, El Hijo de Santo and like, dude, like all these top names. And I'm just looking around like, how did this even happen to me? Uh, you know, vigorous training. 18 man. years old? Uh, yeah. Wow. 17, 18 years old. Um, extensive training. I mean, they really run you through the ringer to make sure that you're even good enough to get in the ring for a show before you even do it, you know? So um, I really I really respect myself for going through that and getting through it. Um, now, now, as like we said, like you're a Caucasian, did you have the reverse racism of going to Mexico and getting yeah, treated I don't bad, know if or? it was racism, but there was definitely like, who the hell is this? And at that time, I didn't know really any Spanish, so it was a little difficult. Did they, did they think you didn't know their style? Or, they did. You yeah, know, they looked like, at me like... You're just like an American coming down. Right. And then once we started you know, mixing up, they're like, oh, he actually, uh, he actually knows what's going on. What was the, uh, the initial name that they gave you down there? Has so, it always been Gringo Loco? I've always, I've always had a, uh, a fondness for Arthur Barr, so I went down trying to get... Maybe a Love Machine 2 or a Gringo Loco 2 gimmick. Anything to do with him. But they were trying to throw me under the name of, like, Chicago Fire. Or <laughs> <laughs> and Chicago I'm like, I, I don't... They didn't have a Beetlejuice gimmick for you down <laughs> they there? They didn't, man. They wanted to throw flames on my tights. I'm like, it's just not It's just not me. So we need to figure this out. So I went from arena to arena, and I ended up at a place called uh, Nocalpan. And they were like, yeah, Gringo Loco's fine. You look just like the guy. Just get the American stuff, and we'll we'll run with you. Let's do it. And that was uh, two and a half years. It was probably the best experience of my life. We uh, we had a trio called Gringos VIP uh, champions. The whole thing it was it was phenomenal. It was fun. What are some of the uh, the craziest stories? You yeah, because I mean you you hear you hear a lot yeah. about how chaotic Mexico is, and there you know is, how just uh, like insane things happen down there. I mean, and with you know as we talked your your lifestyle <laughs> as you as you worded it, especially. What, what kind of what kind of trouble was Gringo Local getting into wow. at 18 years old in Where Mexico? Do I, right. Where Especially do I start? You're a rarity, right? So I mean, the ladies are eyeballing <laughs> oh. you. If you have colored eyes in Mexico, you are a king. That's all I have to say. Uh, I got blue eyes. I yeah, might need you, to go you south. Might wanna, let's, here, let's take a trip, man. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind, think about crazy. This was probably one of the scariest. Now that I look at it, funniest stories that I have. Um, so I was dating this girl that had a very high-ranking father in Lucha Libre and a very well-respected guy, no nonsense. You got to be on your P's and Q's, right? So, um, How would you, like, when you say high-ranking for our listeners, I, I you mean, compared him to somebody in America? Seriously, probably Ric Flair or Hogan. Wow. It's, wow. I, and I will never mention his name because I do not want this to come back to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, we all know you're talking about John Strongman or right. the Shocker. Right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> But before you continue, Biggins is obsessed with that Lucha Mexico documentary. Did you like that? I love it. I it was, love it was it. great, right? Oh, it's nice. For, for seriously three months, he was really trying to sell me on booking Shocker because he loved Shocker's boner Shocker? tattoo from <laughs> Growing Pain. Oh, that, that's the least of Shocker. I want to yeah. come up and come up here and whip up some real tacos for me. Yeah, Shocker's great, by the way. Uh, and John the Strongman, who says uh, he's done so many uh, illicit substances that he just knows he's going to die. Yeah, he looks. He looks natural to me. <laughs> I saw that guy. Natural like Atomic. I saw that guy warming up before uh, Lucha Expo. I mean, Jesus Christ, can your arms get any bigger? I mean, he's like, what's up, brother? You know, he's got that voice. All right, so uh, you, so back to uh, this fun story. You are dating the daughter of what is essentially the Lucha version of Hawk Hogan or Ric Flair. Yeah, and he is touring somewhere. I don't know if it's Japan or Europe, whatever. He's not home, okay? So I casually go over to visit. Uh, everything is fine until the door opens and he decides to come home early from the tour. And me and her look at each other. We're like, holy shit, this is going to be bad. What are we going to do? First thought. Where are you when he comes home? 
Oh, I'm in his house upstairs. Nope. Uh, oh, in her room. Yes. Oh boy. And this is bad. And I know it's going to be bad because this is like this is like a penthouse forum letter or like a a porn I've watched. Watch porn? Yeah. No, I absolutely not. It's against my religious beliefs. <laughs> and first thought, I, I need read the synopsis <laughs> on the back of the box though. First thought is I need to get into a closet right now because I this is very scary because this is so a you, big. Did you, did you think that you could have potentially died at that point? Well, I'm I'm gonna get to that. Um, did you think you could make like a 75 part rap song about being trapped in a closet? That's <laughs> <laughs> more of like an R&B. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I get into the closet right now. She's on this. It's a three three story house, right? So I'm on the second floor. I know the third story is impossible to jump from, but I'm like maybe. If I can get to the balcony on the second floor, I'll be fine. Maybe I'll just slide yeah, down or Lucha something. training to use? Right. You know, I can do a tuck and roll. A three-quarter roll. roll from the balcony, right? But I, okay, so like he's downstairs. You can hear him. He's got this deep voice. And uh, I was like, all right, keep, keep a lookout. I'm going to go tiptoe to the balcony to see if I can make this jump. Why? Because I'm either going to get my face bashed in and worry about dental bills for the next five to ten what's, years. What's, what's, what's a dentist like in Mexico, south of the border? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I've never <laughs> he gone. never went. <laughs> well, that's where Robles goes. He says it's cheaper because there's no insurance down there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ro- yeah, Robles does get all his medical work down, done south of the border. I feel I like Robles is that. always down there for something. He, that's where he goes for any medical condition he has. He says, <laughs> he says it's cheaper, th- cheaper than America. So uh, make it to the balcony. I make it to the balcony. I clearly see this is not going to happen. It's either going to be broken legs or broken teeth. And I start to freak out, okay? And you couldn't get, like, bed sheets to do, like, the tie-down? <laughs> Biggins, when I tell you I thought of that, it was an it was an idea, okay? I swear to God. But she didn't have enough sheets. So, <laughs> so I have to stay in this closet. I'm not kidding for six hours while she brought me food. And we had to wait for this guy to come up all the way up to the third floor, pass me essentially, and go to sleep. And I finally, it was one of the most craziest 30 seconds of my life trying to tiptoe past his room and go all the way you know, downstairs and, and leave this, this property. I had a similar situation happen to me, but there was no Mexican wrestling superstar there. It was just uh, <laughs> a little less exciting. Girl, girl I was dating mom, she didn't know that I was secretly living at their house the entire summer. So sometimes I just had to... I just had to sit in a closet for hours. Yeah, okay. was... I don't know if this is too personal, Thorne, but there is a story about how you were punished one time and you had to do relations with a woman through a window. I mean, I, I wasn't punished. <laughs> she was grounded. Okay. Oh, so it was her house and you did... She was grounded and she wasn't allowed out. I was a teenager. <laughs> so I knocked on her window and I stood on like a little kid's like power wheel thing. And I got myself even evened up with the window, and she satisfied me through her window. <laughs> she was inside, and I was outside. I, I couldn't remember wow. who was uh, undergrounded, but wow! I don't know where you got where that came from, Biggins. <laughs> We're talking about hiding in closets. Because <laughs> it's like you know, it's a, it's a secret behavior. Secret behavior. <laughs> Wow, you're really exposing all my all my secrets on here. That's because you keep bringing up this werewolf thing. I don't know anything about. <laughs> oh, the werewolf story will be told. So that's at least a fun dating story. It's, and yeah. what other chaos? Any, anything else chaotic uh, that you mean, can think back to? Or you want maybe, more death stories? Because I have those. Any, well, it, we want more Let's, Mexico stories. Yeah, what yeah. We think I we mean, want. Like, you know, like I mean, or death. You know, like death in Mexico <laughs> go hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't that the truth? Gringo Muerto. Uh, first day upon arriving, uh, Tarzan boy's like, "Yeah, you got nothing to worry about." 
uh, the next red light we get to, there's a, uh, what do we call him now? Transgender, uh, really tall female that's chasing a very drunk guy with a high heel saying in Spanish, I'm going to get you mother effer because you forgot to pay. Which and then he proceeds to fall on the hood of the car, and he and then I look at him. I was like, "Are you sure I'm not supposed to be scared right now?" You Higgins, know what I mean? This sounds like your kind of place, man. <laughs> yeah, this is like the synopsis you read on the back of one of those DVDs. That could, that could have just been like the werewolf, actually. No, not at all. Werewolf, werewolf. I don't talk about this. <laughs> so that story was my introduction to Mexico, and then from then I was just scared beyond belief. But now, at any point as an American. Were you, like, scared at all for your life? Because I know, like, they say a lot of places you can't go in, or you'll just be kidding. You're not allowed in if you're American. And I don't think there's know, places like that. But I will say I didn't leave my hotel room the first time just because I was just scared as hell because I was in Mexico City alone with no friends besides Tarzan Boy. And if it wasn't available, I'm staying at my hotel. But um, I think a lot of it is media-based, really, though. The fear and all that that's up here in the States, don't go to Mexico because you'll die. Now, how, how long did you end up staying there, down there? A total of four years, back and forth, yeah. Gringo Loco has a hell of a story this week. But you know who else has a hell of a story? The dog-faced gremlin himself, Rick Steiner. Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. That's right, the Steiner Brothers. Our sponsor, Thrift Store Jobber. That's right, on Instagram, Thrift Store Jobber. On eBay, Thrift Store Jobber. This is a man that makes my flea market look inferior. ThriftStoreJobber.BigCartel.com their item of the week this week, a Steiner Brothers jacket. That's right, official WCW license, made by Chalkline. This is a near mint size large jacket, made in 1990, 150 bucks. If I could fit a size large, I'd buy this bad boy in a second and walk down the streets of Michigan, but I can't. So check out ThriftStoreJobber.BigCartel.com. Thanks. So then you come back to the states. Yeah. At what point? Like, where's our where's our timeline? What year is this? You're back in the states then. Oh God, I took a long break when I came back because I was done with the wrestling business, as we all go through. Done with the, so I was you done. went down to Mexico, always wanted to be uh, a luchador, and yeah. then you came back. You're like, I'm done with the wrestling. Well, I mean, business. after all the time, after the Ric Flair of Mexico is almost murdering you, I think yeah. that really. Would, I needed to kind of disappear into the darkness for a little bit after that one. But, uh, Did you feel like you accomplished what you wanted to accomplish? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, we had done what we set out to do. Our trio thing, and we were, you know, we were going to work a lot of the same guys. And I had done what I wanted to do. I fulfilled my, my dream in Mexico. So when, when do you come back and when do you meet up with DJZ and what kind yeah, of leads to uh, this yeah. kind of resurgence of your... Your career. Again, DJZ here comes to save the day. Uh, we work a random uh, Mexican restaurant festival. And uh, me and him had kind of chit-chatted, but we had never worked. And I, I had remembered when after we worked uh, how good he is. And I said, oh, man, I remember what it was like to work really good people. And we started hitting it off right away. And he's like, dude, you should come to train, man. Let's go, let's go train wherever we can. Let's go find Lucha Libre gyms. Let's go to gymnastics places. Let's just do this. 
And I mean, it's been two years now, and I he really did rediscover Ringo Loco because I was done. How like, long I was, was your time off? A two about two and a half years okay. I'd, without anything physical wrestling wise at all. And he brought me straight back, and he, you know, he just he said, "Listen, I got opportunities for you if you uh, if you just if you're patient with me." And then Cleveland got brought up, and then we got Cleveland, and then it just kind of snowballed after that. And now, and then the heart attack happened, and now we're at a yeah, pause. Well, like you know, now you know that's what I was going to say. You know, yeah. you now now you've you've been wrestling for for AIW for coming up on a year now, almost. Has it been a year? And yep. uh, you know, you've almost died twice. <laughs> when uh, when when you when when you've been uh, near or around us, um, what does you know? What does the future hold for Gringo Loco at this point? Like, what do you you know? Do you have any goals, aspirations? You know, or are you just gonna, you know, just just winging it? Uh, just winging it. No, I, I just want to continue killing it with pain, man. I love pain. T Pain's my guy. I want to continue giving the fans the best of my ability to Pain's ability and just keep killing it, man. I mean, I really just want to make sure you guys are happy as well. Oh, we're happy. The, the opportunity you guys have given us, me personally, I mean, it's it's the greatest that I've ever had in my career, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't mean to put you guys super over, but oh, no. you guys are I awesome. Lo- I love it when people put me over. Seriously, man. Every time I drive to Cleveland, I just get the butterflies like, man, I love all hey, those guys. And we get along well because we don't have any daughters. <laughs> yeah, right. no daughters here. Let's hope uh, this is the you know, the last time uh, you're, you almost die until, you know, you're old. Yeah. I mean, I can officially say nobody goes as hard as me because I died for it. So You did die for there it. There you go. I was going to say, of all the people here, you really do know what seven minutes in heaven is. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that was such a bad, that's such a bad joke. Yeah, that's, a, that's quite the assumption as well. After the lifestyle we just heard him talk about. Well, he said he died for seven minutes. He spends a lot of time in closets. I mean, I get where Biggins was going. but Right. Oh, yeah. Really in, really in poor taste. Hey, man, I'm a big Teen Wolf fan. <laughs> As am I. There's that werewolf again. Oh, hey. yeah. <laughs> fucking lock you in a closet, Steve, guy. Jesus. Here we well, go. I, Biggins I, getting hot again. I keep a knife near my bed. You better wrap it up. All right. So that's going to do it for us here on AIW as the card is going to change. We once again want to thank Gringo Loco for joining us. Uh, we wish you the best in life and in health, in wrestling, anything we possibly can. Any, fi- any final words you want to say to, you know... For the show, not the world. Yeah, not for your like your life. Yeah, a specific thank you to the fans of Cleveland, especially you guys. You guys reached out as soon as you heard what happened, and uh, the overwhelming support. I will never forget waking up to all those messages, specifically from the people from Cleveland. Man, I really appreciate it, and uh, I just want to keep killing it, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Steve Guy. I'll let you say your stuff, but thanks. Oh, you're just getting another way now. Wow. Well, once again, thanks to our sponsors who make all this possible. Uh, Smart Mark Video, Angelo's Pizza. Uh, we have Thrift Store Jobber now, Ebb Tide Treatment Center, and, of course, Jack Prince. Uh, on behalf of John Thorne and Chandler Biggins, my name's Steve Guy. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. You already fucking said that, man. You know. Yeah, I know you said it. Dude, dude, dude. Jesus Christ. <laughs>